0: Hi folks and welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. This is episode number 65. Previous episode was number 64 where we had a lot of catching up to do, Um, so it's just general chat and nonsense as usual. I think we have another fun episode coming up today. Nigel has a topic for us later on and once again I think we have plenty of news and plenty of chat and things to catch up on, bits and pieces that we've been up to, various shows and events, so hopefully you'll enjoy. So as usual, I'm your host, Lee Maxwell, and I'm joined by...
1: Nigel Lamont. And Conor McCann.
0: So we'll start off as usual with what's new with you guys. So, Nigel, what is new with you?
1: I think we should start by uh, having a wee chat about the shows we've done over the last week or so. Yeah, because... Lee and I were chatting, coming up the roads, and we actually have quite a bit we've done from our last recorded as well. Yeah. So I think the first thing was probably Lega Curry. You just went to? Yeah.
0: Well, we actually had one before that, um, which was the day after we recorded last time. Was Auto Bits Cars and Coffee up in Norma.
1: Yeah, genuine that was Chris, Chris's, Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't make it because of work, so sorry. Just the normal. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was actually a really good day out. We went up really not no one to expect with it, yeah. and as everything with these like more classic. Type stuff. The random stuff comes out. Yeah. So, like I said, Cameron Tiger had the four door R thirty four Skyline. I want to say we landed up. Lee was in the Jetta. There was some local guy. He's like a. I think it was mostly old classic Fords. He had mm-hmm. like my Mark three RS Turbo Escorts, Mark two X Pack kits and stuff on them. Just really high end stuff. Get us turned up in the truck. Very good. The twenty four valve Cummins truck. the most random of stuff.
0: That old Rover the, that was under under that wee shed, but do you remember that one we were all looking in?
1: The old Ro- oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the Volvo as well. There was like a Volvo up the end. I'm terrible with the old Volvos, but it looked kind of like an early 60s Batmobile. It was really cool. And yeah, you could was see, because obviously Volvo developed the seatbelt back in the day, mm-hmm. and there was no standard it had to set to. So it was literally what looked like a like a shackle lifting point you would get in like an industrial environment, bolted between the seats that the seatbelt kind of clipped into. I was like, yes, that would be safe. It wasn't a P something? It rather. was a P something. No. I, wa- I want to say 1800, but I don't think it was an 1800. Some it of the gorgeous. Volvos were really lovely. It, yeah, the lines, it was fantastic. Yeah. See, is, there, is, there a, is there a Volvo called an Amazon? No? There's an Amazon as well, which is, it wasn't an Amazon, but they're really nice yeah. too.
0: Yeah, there was everything. There was like old rolls and there was that little, like, K-truck with the wee bike in the back of it yeah. and stuff. Yeah, there was loads of different stuff.
1: It was a two-door Impreza, big fan of those. A two-door? Oh, yeah. Very good. It yeah. must be an RA or something. I think so. It, it definitely wasn't, like, a 22B or anything. It wasn't the wide body. It was the the narrow body.
2: It makes me wonder, like, I'll go back to the, the Starlet thing. Do you remember you couldn't go on a uh, cruise without seeing a Glanza Turbo or something like that? It makes you wonder, do you remember how many grey classic and the newer shape imports there was ra's and type whatever's yep and they've just disappeared they are probably rotted let's face it to
1: be fair yeah they're a bit like mark three golfs where they just dissolve made of tin yeah (laughs) um (laughs) and the the price of those cars are like everything is climbing rapidly and a lot of them get tucked away you know where there were kind of cheap disposable cars back then i think back in the early days when we interviewed butsy baller he was talking about how cheap twin cams were to import And, like, if you were buying something like that for two grand, it was pretty much disposable. Mm. You didn't care about it. You know, Mm. where now, when they're worth 30 grand, they're not as easy to come by to replace.
0: I uh, accidentally introduced Richie to cars from Japan (laughs) during the week.
1: There's a website called Cars from Japan. You can import your cars. Yeah. Yeah. So Richie Brown is currently on the hunt there. (laughs) Ritchie's going to buy another Mandeo, you say? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Mandeo coupe. (laughs) Only joking, Ritchie. The, yeah... Really good day, and as you say then, went a leg of curry too, and very much the same sort of vibe.
0: Yeah. Was so there
1: fire and brimstone about? No, no preachers. No, there was. Talk. Did you well, not hear the preaching? There was, there was pre- some like was preaching. Preacher, but it wasn't fire and brimstone. It, we didn't get... Uh,
0: Nobody did a few of those you know, tedious links where it was like, you know, talking about cars and then making the link to Jesus. I yeah. was like,
1: I, I always find it was very impressive though, to be fair. N- not here, really, there's a lot of skill in it. That's what I was going to say. I'm not religious in the slightest uh, anyone who knows me, but it's the way they do the link. Cause he was talking about maths and being the absolute nerd that I am. I was like, maths, oh, what's happening here? He's got sums for me. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, you know, and can the mathematicians in the audience, can they work out how many days we have left? And I was like, well, the way I feel at the minute, hopefully not too many. You know, <laughs> cars are kicking my ass, mate. But yeah, it was just like, oh, very impressive. I did find it weird, though, that Lee was essentially parked on a grave. Yeah,
0: they like... They,
1: D- what does that mean? They parked me you wa- on a
2: grave. I know if you walk on a grave, there's something about S- it. Somebody, somebody so walks in your grave. park your car, you're in for a special kind of torture. Or, hopefully it wasn't know. the car crash victim where they were knocked
1: down or something. It's a bit of an insult, <laughs> <laughs> like, isn't it?
0: Well, the thing as you said, like... Once you're dead and buried, like you don't know anything about no, it, but yeah, I'm not going to care. Somebody wants to come along and have a car show on top of my grave once I'm gone. I'm okay with that.
2: I feel like that's how I want to go here. out here. You could set up a Ouija board and communicate with the person that to ask them, How does your car look from underneath? <laughs> Do you see any rust spots or, you know,
1: well, <laughs> any, any, that's any, any areas is of ominous. attention? Mm, <laughs> don't we'll talk about that, we'll we'll case, come right? to <laughs> that in a minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that's a sore point. Okay. Uh,
0: um, I had a small uh, incident on the way back from Arma.
1: Oh, yeah. Colin McRae here herself. Colleen McRae. Send it.
0: Yeah. Um, Colleen so McRae, very good. So we were driving back. Richie was behind me in the wee Mark 2. Richie was keeping up well, in fairness. He said he was absolutely wringing the car's neck to try and to keep up with the Jetta. And uh, he was doing all right. And then...
1: This is on a like tight, twisty back road.
0: Unfortunately. Well, I was going to say I forgot. I didn't forget. I didn't know where the end of the road was. And I, I was literally about out, to
1: say to her, remember the end of the road is right around this now. corner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as I thought it, we were locked up sliding for the junction. And I was excellent. like, oh, fuck. Slipsies. So, the Mahon Road coming out of Port of Ireland, is quite busy. That's what we were sliding onto. I was like, oh, oh ideal. Weird. Ideal, really? Yeah. So you're basically sliding onto the road in a, all the structural rigidity of a wet fucking cardboard box. Like, I was dunging myself. And Ritzy says all four wheels locked up. Shout out to the brake rebuild because it all worked. Yes, they did. And it was just like a cloud of smoke, and it just could stop right at the line. And I was like, Oh my god. My arse was twitching like that. I knew it would stop. I didn't. <laughs> I certainly didn't, and I'm not gonna pretend that I knew it would stop. <laughs> so basically went home and power change, washed change my your arse. Pants. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. It was bad. Was like it was one of those moments where I was like, I knew it wasn't as bad for you because you didn't know what the end I of the road know was. What the end of the road I was. knew what was happening. I was like, Oh here, by the way, oh no. Yeah. You Couldn't get the words out quick enough, Connor's what you're saying. Pretty much, yeah. I, I had an
2: experience like that got, uh many, many years ago, coming back from a club in Banbridge, I'm not mentioning the name of it. And I happened to be the only one whose eyes were functioning correctly in the okay. back seat. And the driver was driving us from Carried off to Money Ray, and uh, he was driving very fast. Uh-huh. As you would think. His talent didn't match his ideas, basically. <laughs> and I remember I up, coming this corner and I just shouted it out and I says, Robin, you're going too fast. And he dabbed the brakes As soon as I said that Uh huh And he just about got There was a bit of Back end went out I think if I hadn't said that He was travelling Nearly 100 miles an hour I wouldn't have got I don't think I'd be here today What sort of car
1: was it? Something Mark 2 Astra Oh yeah, that's Yeah That's like the Zeta <laughs> Like you're just going to die Like 30 mile an hour impact You're going to die on that thing yeah.
0: yeah Um But I mean You wouldn't want to suffer Better to die outright Really
1: Well you're definitely Going to die outright Than yeah. Zeta Like um, like a curry itself, Go way to die, die, though you know. Oh yeah, no oh, way to go. Yeah, the like a curry itself, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, uh, yeah, like a church, like of the the fantastic yeah. show. Um, there was a Renault Five Turbo Two on which, if oh, anyone doesn't know, is the mid-engined Renault Fives, like absolutely gorgeous thing. Um, a lot of Japanese like 90s stuff there as well um, Not so much Volkswagen You were probably one of the very fewly There was another guy with a Mark II With a KR on Some sort of bike carbs. I think it was
0: Yeah from Anahild. Yeah, There was a red Mark IV R32 Very rare
1: Yes
2: A red one mm-hmm. Yeah um, Ron can give you numbers on that But I think they're in, 40 something
1: 47 yeah. or I think was yeah. made of them Because I remember Was it a 5 or a 4? No a 4, four. Oh, a four? We four, yeah, have red yeah. Mark IV. Yeah, there was only 47 of them or
0: something. There was the a red UK. one for
2: sale in Stock Brothers. It sat for a year, and I always said a red Mark IV R32 just looks like a TDI. Oh, yeah, it does, but it's because there's so few of them. And it sat there for a year, and I remember it was back
1: 10-plus years ago. It was nine grand. The scary thing was, uh, have you been to Lego Curry before, Nigel? Yeah. So Lego Curry, for anyone who hasn't been Quite flat around the tarmac area. They have an overflow into a field, which yeah. is kind of on a slope. Grass bank. Yeah. So the field itself was dry. Grass is slippy. Everyone parks side on, so you know makes sense. You are not going to slide up or down, kind of thing. Someone left. There was an aerial nomad, which is the, the off road version yeah. of the aerials. And someone tried to drive out and go, rather than coming down, they have an exit at the bottom of the hill. So rather than coming down the hill to it, they decided to go up the hill, started to slide sideways towards the corner panel off the red Mark 4 R32, one of 40-odd cars. Mm-hmm. And I was standing watching it going, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, like, the guy who owned the car, we had been chatting to him, was standing beside the car as this was happening. And I could see his eyes. I was like, oh, shit, this is bad. So they got him stopped. And then it went to take off again and started to slide. No, he started to reverse down the hill. And do, do you know Mark Scott with the Cavalier, the 4 before? Uh, Cavalier. Mook's been around for a long time. Oh, Mook. Yeah, he's yeah, had that yeah, so. car for years and he's had it back out again for the first time in quite a few years now. And it was sitting in the bottom of the hill and the guy was coming down towards it and we were standing with Scotty going oh fuck, this is bad. And I was like, of the all the cars you're going to hit in this place, like these are the two most weird rare 90s, 2000s cars and the guy's going to wipe both of them out it was so weird and then <laughs> it was the same thing the, the, the entire field was empty there was maybe three cars left in the field and a guy on an M5 tried to leave and just couldn't get up the hill and he wasn't like he was showboating or trying to slide around he just was sitting spinning the wheels slowly and I was like just reverse down to the gate which is like four foot behind you and you can go out it was a weird setup. crazy but, yeah such a cool wee show Um Good times I would be worried that that's going to outgrow its venue
2: yeah, it, it is bigger venue. and bigger, like, yeah, yeah. So, final show then, uh, myself and Robin from Studio 10, show Studio 10. Uh, we took a down on the Saturday to Kilbrony. How did it go? Because it looked good. Um, well, I had planned to have the Mark One for that, but that's another story I'm going to talk about in oh, a nice. short moment. Um, so we headed down and we got there about half 11, 12 o'clock. First time it's been on since pre-COVID, and it was packed. Two and a half thousand cars one show—that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. yeah, that's a massive amount of cars, it, especially for Northern Ireland. It's—I don't know what site the size the site is, but um, you stand at the top of the hill and it's just this sea of cars. And then towards the bottom, you have a few classic tractors and lorries as well. Lots of traders, lots of catering. But the thing I particularly like about it is just. Yes, there's older stuff, but there more and more now. I suppose we're getting older. There's more and more of the eighties and nineties stuff that freaks me out. Because and Kilbrony's yeah. just full of that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's not put in, it's not categorized. You know, and oh, this is where the Vauxhall. It's all spread about, so it's just like you're
1: walking down a room, go pointing. At, oh, look at that, a Nova Sport. Oh, look at that. You know, it's just yeah, fantastic. It's it's the variety of things. You can go from something from the thirties, and right beside it, you know, you have a Nova. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, some really cool cars there. There was
2: uh Kirsten Patterson had her Audi fifty there. Yes have uh, seen that. Loads and loads of Mark One, and Mark 2 escorts. A couple of Nova Sports and a spot of a lovely golf rally there that you don't see too much of these days as well. No Muslims in America now. Yeah. So uh if you ever get the chance to go to Kilbrony,
1: it is absolutely fantastic. Well, that was that was the day that we had our our fun time with the Jetta Yeah. It? So I had one in the There's work. a
0: reason why we didn't make a tickle brony.
1: <laughs> or anything for the next few weeks. Mm.
2: <laughs> um, just on the topic of shows, just another uh, shout out that, well, this will go out on Wednesday. So this weekend is Eurotreffen, 2nd of July at Blue Circle uh, Sail Club up in Larne. It's on from 10 to 4, basically, an ideal site for a car show. And we'll have a bit of an announcement for this year. We are going to have a drive on stage. Yes. Yes. So, we alluded to this in the last episode. So, uh, yeah, we're very pleased to announce that we're going to have a drive on stage similar to the one you may have seen at Edition 38 MIVW uh, Clean Fest. Zero so, Tripper, various European yeah. shows. So, I think it's something we need to put in. Yeah. Uh, so something we can't do at Titanic Dubs or Dub Shed. Dub Shed is just logistically a nightmare. So we think that you're traveling is we're going to do it.
1: Yeah, have a few people up, do
0: have some a few live interviews,
2: up, um, live interviews. Yeah, and maybe we'll try a few things. It's something about entertainment as well for people throughout the day for the show. Which Absolutely. Is good. Yeah. So please come along. It's ten pound per person. It's uh, gates open at ten, usually runs on to about four o'clock. There's loads of catering on this year. We'll have a special catering company in, not like last year. Um, yeah. He's doing, I think it's a hog roast. Oh, very good. Oh, that'll be nice. So, uh, I think we'll have, any, depending on whether we'll have an ice cream van, I think we've coffee van booked as well. A lot of big step-ups from last year then. This is yeah. good. And we'll have all your favourite traders there as well. So,
1: hoping uh, hope you can make it. See you there. That sounds good. Lee, do you want to tell your tale of why we won't be going to any shows for the next week Well,
0: Yeah. So, last Saturday, we planning to go to Culbrony, but... Then you had to go into work. And then we says, do you know what? We'll uh, just do a bit of MOT prep on the Jetta. Because I've talked about before, I've booked this MOT date for October, but I'd need to try and get a cancellation, obviously, before that. So we says, right, we'll get it ready so that if we get a date at short notice, we're ready to go. So that was okay. And then I had got a date for the Sunday.
1: Yeah, which was the following day. Which was the
0: next day. And I was like, is it doable? Swap over the wheels and stuff. Yeah, it's probably doable to get it ready for tomorrow.
1: As Lee was having that conversation with me, I opened the boot to lift all the stuff she carries for going to shows and stuff out of the boot and looked down. And what did I see past the boot floor? Daylight. My feet. Oh, lovely. Fantastic. (laughs) Mm. So life boots me in the balls once again. Uh, I was just like... She was literally like look I can book this right now you know and I was like yeah brilliant opened the boot and went oh, oh shit sh- do not <laughs> so this was an area we were aware of in that car did you
2: get the exemption certificates the last few years or did you have an MOT last year
0: I had an MOT last year because I only MOTed it for traffic last year
1: when I did the brakes underneath everything I went through the car everything looked 100% when you open the boot lid where the latch panel is along the top was always pretty bad so we mm-hmm. knew we had to repair it but the part where the boot floor meets into the rear panel, they're just two single skins. And I knew they were bad. We both knew, we looked at them last year and looked at it and went... We're
0: going to have to do something about that at some stage, but the, it's okay for now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
1: went, that looks a bit crusty. We'll not touch it for MOT. We'll let it be. If it fails, we'll fix it. If it doesn't, we'll get it repaired before we paint the car. Yeah. This year that didn't work. So... uh It's actually separated when I get into it then. Someone has been there before, because I pulled silicone out of it. I pulled, like, literally... There's, like, bits of patches, like, pop riveted in and stuff. Women's tights. I was like, what the fuck? So, oddly, it's a real water trap where it is, where it just kicks the water up off the back wheels into it. And when I looked and seen somebody been there before, I was like, yeah, this is why, you know, there's something going on here. Mm -hmm. Which is weird, because the rest of the car is 100%. So kiosk starting to look for panels obviously a back panel for a mark one Golf is available and as is a front panel jetta no can't get them oh, so we looked england you can get bits cut out of cars blah 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 there was stuff online it was like 250 quid plus 100 pound for delivery from england that kind of thing
0: it wasn't even england it was lithuania or there somewhere. was one
1: lithuania there was one, the one in lithuania was 250 quid and it was almost as bad as lee's Shocking prices uh, oh it was crazy there was one in Italy, couldn't get in contact with that guy. So we were like, we sort of thought to ourselves, if we could get even a full car, but what's the chances of getting a good full car? Yeah. What did we get?
0: Well, some of you may have seen on the Instagram stories that we uh, went on a little road trip yesterday with the trailer. Yep. Um, down to near Mullingar. And we came home with a good full car.
1: Yep. <laughs> so am I thinking there's going to be a reshale? Nope. There's going to be a chopping session. Alright, okay. So, it's a bit of a sin. This is a really good car. It's
0: a really nice car. It's a sunroof model.
1: It's an LX. So LX.
0: It's, it's in good order. Um, it, It's literally just a bare shell. But uh,
1: It was actually Paul Glennon put us in touch with Stephen. He's one of the MLVW guys. And I messaged him about a back panel from a shell that he was cutting up. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't in great order. And he says, look, I have this full car, but I need X amount for it. And I was like, look, I'll speak to her and see what she wants to do, and of course, <coughs> done the sums and thought, if you can't get a front panel, you can't get a back panel. All these panels are rare. Why can't not get
0: doors? Why so... not just
1: get a full car if you can? Yeah. So Stephen sent me videos. You Lee was away in Scotland. I was sort of dealing with the logistics of it. He sent me everything, and I was like, "This is a really clean car." So I took a chance, went down, and it turned out to be what it was. So good. Brought it up the road, so we're gonna remove the, just drill the spot wells out, remove all the proper panels, have everything, in it, and then refit everything properly via factory spot wells, that kind of thing. So it's done right, and if you look at it, you wouldn't even know it was yeah. out. There's actually the Jetta boot floor is the exact same as a Mark One Golf, except there's like a twelve or eighteen inch extension piece added in. All right, okay. So it's literally the same floor with this extension piece. Mm-hmm. They don't make that either, of course. So. Fantastic. Of course, we couldn't get it. So the it and the back panel in the donor car are absolutely fantastic. So Good. we're just going to drill the spot weld out and swap the arches over. So it's basically an ass transplant. Like Kardashian? Pretty much. And yeah. <laughs> it's big booty bitches. <laughs> I did laugh as well because a few people tried to guess what it was. Uh, Clark got very close. He guessed a Mark 1 Golf. i seen the PM's.
2: It was like... Uh- Midsummer murders
1: and investigates. <laughs> uh, and then who else messes? It was actually Johnny Kern messes and he goes, I know that bald head anywhere. And he named Stephen and was like, he named the car, what colour it was. He says, Oh, please do something with it. I've been hoping he would put that back in the road for years. And I just messaged <laughs> back saying, I'm very sorry, Johnny, you you're just, not going to like this. You should just sent him a picture of a grinder. <laughs> <laughs> so it- on that
2: topic, uh, you didn't hear or see AutoFinesse's S15 that they launched at <gasps> Players i seen bits and pieces of it, yeah. Have you seen the backlash with that? I no. only got pointed out to it by Pete Matthews. No. They're getting a lot of heat about it, right? So it's a 15 with a Liberty Walk kit. Uh huh. And I thought, uh, fair play, do something different.
1: Oh, yeah, because they're kind
2: of Volkswagen based as one. They're getting a lot of heat online from enthusiasts because apparently, uh, do you know Endless Brakes? Yes, a yes. Japanese company. It was their ex car. Uh huh. Like JDM Heritage. And they've basically watched it. Co- yeah. Nice. So they're getting a bit of heating that. Fair at off Finesse. Good man. Yeah. Totally yeah. Nice. Here, if they bought it, they can do what they want with it. But as pizzas, like a lot of them cars that are drift down, they're they're destroyed. Bangers.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So don't get too precious, you know. No. So this thing uh, to be fair to it, there's a good boot lid, good bonnet, mm-hmm. uh, all the glasses there, the doors are good, quarter panels, front panel. I'm gonna buy the uh, front strut towers out of it to extend mine and my Mark 1 shell when that happens around like twenty fifty. Um, it's a really good car to have all the bits of for the front a, wings get out they're not there that's which is a pity no they, they wouldn't work for your car anyway because they're a Jetta oh right yeah, so oh, the square bits of the that's front. the problem the Jetta stuff's that rare it's good to have so uh, what we'll do is just pick the whole car apart essentially and just store everything away cool so that's the plan
0: so if anybody wants a sunroof Mark 1 Jetta roof skin Hit me up.
1: Because Lee doesn't need us Because I don't want him. <laughs> <laughs> he pointed out, because I would said to Lee, I was like, at least you'll have a roof skin if anything ever happened. And he was like, oh yeah, this is hit or a slap. You know, there's the sunroof model. And we're like, oh, balls.
0: <laughs>
1: Very good. So yeah, T- that, Timeline on that? The next few weeks. Good. Because...
0: Well, we're going to roll hard on the 15th of August, so it's got to be ready like by then. Pressure. Which you also, work
1: well under pressure, Connor. I do. And this also brings me into the other thing was people keep asking, how's the garage build? The garage build is not How's it going or anything? Because it's on hold at the minute yeah. because of this. So uh, Ricky kindly come down to give me a bit of advice and was going to let me work with him doing bits and pieces. And he's offered just to do the whole thing. And I was like, Richard, here you go. Go for it, mate, because I don't <laughs> have time anymore. Very good. So Very good. shout so, out to Ricky for coming to help us too.
0: Sadly, no Jetta treffen. Yep. No Jetta Yep. Probably no Jetta for Old School and New School.
2: Yep. Well, Boo-hoo. that'll roll nicely into my topic then Another Mark 1 tragedy Sad 1 Mark. Mark 1 tragedies Aww. So I had planned to get the Mark 1 down to Kilbroney Alas, a big fail So um, I was bringing it back from the yard to the house On the Tuesday, the MOT was Wednesday morning And as I drove down the road I noticed it was very sluggish And the brakes were nearly non-existent
1: I just thought, ah, Mark 1 life Oh yeah and Sorry just to interrupt you On that topic people think how would you not notice that When you come from driving a very modern car To something that's 30, 40 year old You just accept that the brakes are shit You yeah. know you don't know unless you're driving it every yeah. day Sorry go ahead uh, I don't remember the brakes being that bad And then when I got
2: to the house You know the way a car would roll and roll freely It was kind of rolling freely But not as it should have mm-hmm. You know when you depress the clutch Yeah, So I went right there's something wrong with the brakes here Got in the, into the house and Went straight to the front right brake And put my hand to it Roasting hot with oh, nice. the other one It was nice and cool It just went right There's a caliper seized here And uh, so MOT is next day No chance And I noticed about a A misfire And we got that sorted Through the car And all the rest of it And then I noticed hissing Coming from the radiator mm-hmm. So I've been talking to Andy about it And I reckon The head needs replaced It's pressurized Oh lovely So So um, I plan to take it up to Andy's and just park in the corner someday. And, Hopefully uh, he takes pet on you and works on it. <laughs> no, well, Andy's going out in his own next month, so I've said to oh, him and he, and he seems to be up for it that we're going to, you know, I'll go in the corner and I. He'll sort of point things for me to do And I go, yes Andy And he'll sort of guide me as I do it Nice Um will yeah, you get your hands dirty with that stuff too Yeah, it's good to learn stuff like that And I have to fit a new clutch anyway Because I forgot how ridiculous the clutch was And I bought the clutch for it last
1: year That's right, on Autoduck so
2: years ago I do a head refresh and a clutch But I'll never have it out this year Which is a shame But um, Here, you're moving towards the right direction anyway though. Yeah, so I'll do that next Over the summer stroke winter There's no rush
1: yeah well, that's a bit like lee you weren't expecting to be doing that this year no so
2: i was on Tuesday night. i was basically on auto dock, seeing what parts I you can get do you think the head salvageable
1: you know is it just needed a bit of a check I flip, over I, flip it? I hope so because I'm going to get a
2: 1300 head from is it a mechanical head is it <sighs> is it a mechanical head yes it is because the pump uh fuel pump runs might be it. able to
1: work something off you mm. i might know okay. so. I might know a guy <laughs> um Oh just as well on the topic of us sneaking around and trying to be like silly YouTubers and blanking out what the car was on the trailer <laughs> uh we actually got spotted on the way home so Declan Murray remember Declan brought us the drinks at oh, LDW yes, sure he Declan. texts me he says I just realized that was you guys on the side of the road we stopped to double check the straps coming up the road and he said he'd seen the seen the, the pick up on the side of the G or the trailer and was like, alright, whatever. I then got home, seen my Instagram story and was like, oh shit, that was those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he said he would have stopped otherwise. Yeah, so he you can't sneak around in Ireland apparently.
0: No, you can't go anywhere. Somebody'll see you.
1: Also on the topic of players, you mentioned earlier, I feel like us three were the only people that weren't our players. Oh yeah. yes. I was, I I absolutely got it when I was saying it, yeah. Um, it looked absolutely amazing yeah. And shout out to Jamie Hill as well Because he got the money going yep. He sent me a few videos of it driving The induction noise And then the straight cock gearbox I was like That is ridiculously cool They the yeah. seemed the seem to hire out Hugh Hefner's mansion While they were there I noticed that, yeah I thought so, that was Conor Olds Summerhouse.
0: Probably was In the <laughs> no, was That's Clever's summer <laughs> <house>.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it looked like A good weekend for those guys And there's a whole ball of people over Yeah Yeah, so We'll have to do that Let's say we would have been there Only for doing roll hard This year for a change Yeah um, any other news?
0: I I have one more thing Go that I want to talk about, but you guys, you got to keep it on the down low. Oh, yes. So, listeners, I'm telling you this in confidence. Keep it to yourself. don't think too many people really know about this. Scotland is really pretty. No. I don't think anybody knows this. Mm-hmm. I don't think people not realize. Really? No. So we should do all... a
1: road run around there.
0: <laughs> yeah, someone should. <laughs> I was in Scotland this week with work um, So I went over on the boat Brought the good superb Basically was driving around the Highlands And it is class Unreal.
1: She rang me and was like You want to see this place? It's absolutely amazing Whereabouts were you? North West um, or the med- middle of the Highlands?
0: Kind of the middle I did Aberdeen, Dundee and Inverness
2: Did you go through the middle of the Highlands to get the Aberdeen? Yeah, yeah. Even even the road down uh, Loch Ness. I think it's Oban, Fort William
0: it's yeah. a lovely road too. It's court yeah. It's unreal. I've I've been to Aberdeen before, I've never been as far north as Inverness. And then when I was going Inverness down to Aberdeen, I drove down like Elgin down yeah. that way. Just stunning. Like
2: we done a I think I was about fifteen at the time. Uh me and my dad, sister, and brother took my dad had a Mark II Golf GTA at the time. Done a, a week long tour of the
1: Highlands in a w- Mark II GTI With five of in it. An older Four, Mark was in America and and I'll never forget the scenery, like, it's just yeah. unreal. That's a lot of people and a lot of stuff stuffed into a Mark II golf. <laughs> eh,
0: not too bad.
1: <laughs> people just put up with things back then, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. It's a holiday, let's go.
0: So, yeah, um, have to get back over there sometime and do a bit more touring around.
1: Oh, definitely. I love Scotland. So remember we done Clean Fest last year? And even though most of the time you're spending on the motorway, even what you're getting to see off of it is class-like.
0: Yeah. yeah, the only bollocks is the whole f- flipping country is full of average speed cameras. I know. Vomit. Yeah.
1: I think that's something we take for granted here that we don't have. Gets worse in yeah. England. It's far worse. And back roads as well. You get like the speed cameras on them. Hmm.
0: But uh yeah. The only other bit, you know when you come off the boat and you're driving up the coast there like Garvin yep. along that way. Well, over, to,
2: over to the left is
1: Nipple Island. Nipple, Nipple Island. <laughs> Elsa Craig, I think it's called. Oh, yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Like <laughs> called Nipple,
0: Nipple Island. Nipple Island. <laughs> um, well, we discovered on the way back from Clean Fest last year that there's some uh, questionable sections of that road where your subframe smacks off the ground oh, in uh, the dark.
1: James Crew. <laughs> yeah, James was driving aird up and was hitting bits, and it was just like sparking. Oh, I know the section you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. They actually, like, I drove
2: that on the RS6 that time. Oh, that's class. Oh, yeah. But it is was a bit ropey.
0: But there's a bit. Once you come up the coast a wee bit, when you're kind of in the forest, you know, in the mountains and there's like kind of sheer cliff faces, yep. mm-hmm. there's a bit of the road where it's like temporary traffic light roadworks. Mm-hmm. And it's because one half of the road isn't there anymore. Fell in. Yeah. And it is fucking terrifying.
2: Yeah, because it could go at any time. Like, when you're thinking about it's like, it. it. It's like in videos from, uh, you know, the Indian cliff faces oh, roads. Oh, yeah. the coaches yeah. coaches are hanging three wheels off the edge. And just disappear. It,
0: like, it's been that, like that now for about two years, I think. And I don't know how they're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Because it's just gone.
1: They need to build the roads a wee bit further away from the sea.
0: It's just, yeah, it's crazy. And when you're thinking about it, so they diverted all, all the traffic onto the the one lane that's still there. Yeah, I'm like, well. What, what happens when this falls down?
1: I think they were fixing that last year. They we were. were. Yeah, because oh, yeah. yeah, I was going through photos the other day and found a lot of them. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah. it's scary. I don't, And I don't know what happened to the road.
2: It fell into the sea. I know what happened to the road. <laughs> 40 footers are up and down it every fucking yeah.
0: day. Yeah.
1: And those roads are never originally no, designed for that part. sort of thing. Simple as that.
0: But yeah, it's crazy.
1: It's a lovely part of the world, though. that It is. Was it 2018? Gethin bought the Black Mark 4 R32 in Leeds. I flew over and brought it home from. Got to drive up like north of England into Scotland, kind of thing, for the boat, and it was just class. Yeah, good job. Nothing like driving somebody else's car, Nigel, is there? Can't Hammer be. The Can't <laughs> be it's what they deserve after giving you the keys. Exactly. Um,
2: Finish up. No, I have a couple of wee things. Yes, going ahead. Uh, Mark V, Remember that car wasn't going to modify. Yes. Yeah. You uh, remembered well. Yep. Yeah, I yeah, went in for paint there and things escalated. Yeah, went in for <laughs> paint a wing. Ah, painted a wing. What happened? Ended up painting the whole side of the car. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Stevie from J and W down Castlereagh Road, shout out J and W Body Shop. I've been using them for years. Good guys, know what they're at. They're car enthusiasts, so they'll take care of your pride and joy. I contacted Stevie about putting the wing. The wing, Mark V life, you know, uh, the, the new Mark Three, the, the new Mark Three, rusty boys. Um, the wing was bad on. I was doing my head in, so bought a new genuine wing, and dropped it in. Stevie says, paint that wing for it. And there's a wee scab on the quarter panel, mm-hmm. just above the skirt, which is common in Mark V's. Just, you know, that's just the way it is. And I says, could you do something with like that too? Oh, I no bother. Stevie then went radio silent for a week. And then I got a photo, probably the weekend there. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, saying I ah, found a bit of rust. And it was basically showing about fifteen different points. Now, not bad rust. Just Stevie's S- like, a bit of a perfectionist, so which is what you want painting a car. Yeah, there is a bit of a bit of rust in the corner of on of the door. So he took the do- door skin off, and then when he looked at the back of it, there was like wee blemishes working from the inside out. They hadn't yet came out the other side. Uh-huh. And he basically said, if I paint in that in a year's time, that'll it just come works through. Its way through yeah. And you'll be saying to me what have you done? So he, he prepped that down and then the blemish and the quarter panel turned in a bit more work. So he just says, look, I had to paint
1: the whole side and I'm absolutely buzzing with the result. Yeah, because you you sent me the photo of it and I went, oh yes, this is so cool. And you're like, I'm not looking forward to the build. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it fascinates me though, the Mark V and I wonder if this will seem like a lot of modern cars, like even other brands, you can unbolt the outer skin of the door you know, yeah. so easily and work on it where that's not a thing on like Mark fours even. Um, I, I think it's a
2: it's a body shop thing yeah, it just makes turnover quicker and you can do that as well you don't have to take the whole door off you just pop the skin off mm. and you can replace it I think it's a time saving if thing. you want to do the window regulator too it's the same isn't it oh well, yeah, yeah that's replaced, I actually replaced it on regulator a
1: few months ago yeah no it's cool
2: yeah it's a bit of a pain in the arse but I don't understand why they do it because it's all about Turnover. You can buy a skin For next to nothing It saves them Repairing the skin Yeah So if they can buy a skin For less money And just pop it over If you had a Four door
1: model Or a Jetta Would you have four skins? <laughs> you, you just thinking About th- that one color? i just come into my head Do you want to move on? Let's move on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Shout out to JNW and <laughs> Four skins
2: are us <laughs> So uh, I may have said about the Q5 No? Did I say about the Q5? You're yeah, still laughing about four skins I am, yeah, I'm so easy Yeah, so Q5, I'm now daily driving the Q5 The wife's driving the Cabriolet So A4 surplus requirements So I was getting ready to sell it And I was working in the bar on Monday afternoon, so I decided I'll have it mended up here The bar's right in the middle of Cumber I'll stick it for sale sign on it it was sold within 12 hours. Yeah,
1: hey, that's old school, Brilliant.
2: sitting on the side of the road with a for sale sign for sale sign awesome. So, it's uh, staying local, I'm glad to say. And the guy that bought it is a complete um detailing freak. Oh, very good. So, the car will never be dirty again. I'll tell you what, that's a good car for somebody too. Like, I'm, I'm a bit gutted be selling because I like the way the car looked and I like the way it drove and all. But you
1: know, I always say that it there's other that plans
2: afoot. So, that's know. good. I like plans. <laughs> so, as it's going to be my daily the Q5, I thought, right. Uh, give it a bit of love, so nobody better than uh, Robin Studio 10, so I've now booked it in for uh full paint correction and some Mavenchi ceramic coating, because why would you not do Absolutely. Uh, the coating? Yeah. Uh, I've got, I'm getting the ceramic coating, the Mavenchi, I think it's C16 coating. I'll take your word for it. And the glass, of course, Lee.
0: Yes, my favourite. Um, so. Robin at Studio 10, of course, sponsor of the podcast. Yeah,
2: is. so no better man to look after it. Robin's having problems with uh, new car production and his schedule. I actually noticed that, yeah. Yeah, so there's a few customers had booked in um, for new car you know, preps, uh-huh. and there's a few slots came up, so I just jumped on the slots. Happy days, so yeah. I'm pleased to say that she's booked in for a full, full job. So if anybody is
1: thinking of something last minute, then give yeah. him a shout and see if He's he has any got a few slots opens. opened
2: up now, so um, grab them while
1: you can, basically. Excellent. It's funny we talk about a lot about, you know, like new car production and the way it's held up and what knock on effect and that's something I never really thought of. Is like those people that like the Studio Ten, they have Part of their job is obviously prepping new cars, and if they don't turn up, obviously they don't get the trade. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit bit of messing about with them. So I'm
2: glad to say it it worked out for me anyway. Yeah, it worked out (laughs) very well. But uh, no, uh, if you need uh, anything from Robin Studio 10, you can message him, email him, uh, his page is on Facebook Studio
1: 10 Detailing or on Instagram. Shout out.
0: So we move on to news, news then.
1: Yes, news, news indeed. News, news. Um, well, I'll be ignorant and just jump in. You soon. go for it. So, first one isn't so much news, more just what's happening at the minute. And Goodwood Festival of Speed is on today is the main day. It it's sure is Sunday.
0: Um, I would like to say a callback to some, one of my news topics from the last episode, uh-huh. which was the thousand horsepower Navara. Yes. that we had talked about and Shane one of our listeners I Shane believe Duggan, yeah. is over at Goodwood this weekend oh, very good. and he had sent us a picture oh, of yes, I've seen a the truck Yeah. and I was like oh Class. my god I want to see that so much so that was cool
1: yeah it would be interesting to see if they do a run up the hill on it would be cool
0: as long um, as they have the smoke bombs, like in that picture.
1: Just run, <laughs> somebody running behind them. Yeah,
0: just going, whoo! <laughs> um,
1: have you guys seen anything from it or anything was happening in the practising? Well, I was actually, that's part of my YouTubes. Oh, right. Uh, basically yeah. watching the speedruns. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, allow so me to destroy your YouTube section. That's all right. I'll just chime <laughs> really well in now. with it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was actually Andy Hawthorne, one of our listeners, messaged me. He's over too. And he was telling me there was a McMurdy Spurling. I hope I'm saying that right. Was an EV car? Oh my goodness! Ridiculous! Uh, so is, it's is, currently said. What is the, set the set. fan
0: thing? Yes. Yeah. So it's
1: it's an EV fan car, and the two fa- motors in the rear and a fan to keep the downforce on them. Yeah. So obviously, with look, we had fan cars before in F1. The t so- T50 the yes that's right as a fan car but this actually creates downforce from a standstill so the fan runs as the car sits still it actually looks like he's doing a burnout the whole way up the run it does it's I was, I was going is that doing burnouts because it's so much power well and then when they explain the fan thing you realize that's just dirt they haven't released a lot of specs in this thing so who, who is mcmurdy motorsport that's what i when i looked into it right it's a guy called david mcmurdy he's a guy from southern ireland He's an eighty-two year old billionaire who started this company like five years ago to build this supercar. That's so UK yeah. Stroke Ireland. Yeah, I was like Feck it, I'll do it myself. I'm a multi-billionaire. <laughs> I'll probably be dead in the next ten or fifteen years. Let's build something good. There's a fella there's a fella on YouTube, I think it's Damien Maguire. He basically cracked the the program for Tesla. Oh right. Oh is this the guy who does the um so if you the read Motherboards, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a guy in Revival uh, Revival had a guy on had a E thirty convertible, and he was using his stuff. Yes, that's right. When that's he, how I got onto it. Yeah, when he mentioned, I looked. I was like, "That guy's well, he's working out that old farmyard, like yeah. yeah." So yeah, it's a really cool car. The, your guy David has been involved in the automotive industry from most of his career, kind of thing. You think he worked with Rolls Royce and the likes, but they haven't released like power. They reckon they haven't released power, and they haven't released weight, but they reckon it's going to be one horsepower per kilogram essentially, and under a thousand kilos. Uh, it creates two thousand, well, two ton of downforce from a standstill. It's absolutely insane. Did it beat the IDR? On the practice run, it's the second fastest thing it's ever run. Uh, the IDR is thirty. Uh, was it thirty nine point nine? The IDR was big. This looks the size of a shoe. This thing is, do you know like the, like the, you talked earlier about the KK cars, like mm-hmm. the S660 Hondas and that sort of thing, they're that kind of size. Um, it ran for 41.2 seconds in the practice and Guy Max Tillon, who's the driver, reckons that he wasn't even pushing it. Pe- also a cool name. It just let Max. Yeah. James. No one Homer Simpson changed his name to Max Parr. Should have been this. The name you want to touch, what you want to touch. touch? <laughs> um, I think I heard it went up the hill at hundred. Peak speed was hundred and forty two. that's insane. So, it's the way it launched. Yeah. So it, it had a rough spec there. It was like uh, one and a half seconds not sixty, and it sounds evil. Like we talked, you know, about like we talked before about EVs and things and what they do or don't do or how they make you feel. Very and Star Wars, this thing sounds like you know, like that motor word, just like a wee. It's an angry, angry blender. Yeah, and it, but it looks so fucking fast. Yeah, um, it, it sort of looks like a mini Valkyrie. It does. So today, obviously, we're recording this in a few hours' time. The shootout starts at three o'clock, so Leonie's is going home to watch it and see what what happens. Um, did you see the Ford Supervan That's one of the things I are going to mention. Uh, Two thousand brake horsepower. yoke. Yeah, have you seen it, Lee Mm-hmm. So, it's based on the EE Transit Connect. Um, so, yeah, over. over for the, years for the younger people, trans- Ford have done this before yeah. with Cosworth engines in yeah. them. And I actually remember being at SeaCat in Portadown one Tuesday night back in the debauchery days when I was running around with Lee in the early days of our relationship. It wasn't SeaCat in Portadown. No, this was SeaCat.
0: Not in Portadown, though.
1: No. Did I say Portadown? Yep.
0: Yeah. Did I say Portadown?
2: Did.
1: did. Belfast. Shut up,
2: Lee. I think you meant running about in Sea Cat and port it down. Is no, I actually meant? meant
1: Belfast, Sea Cat no, right. and Belfast. Um, but basically, there was much floating there, Lee, is there? Nope. And uh, <laughs> this Silver Transit came out. And for anyone who was there before, we used to drive out to the two narrow ways and then turn right to go back out. And it launched and like literally just threw itself sideways. And I was standing going, What the fuck is in that? And somebody said, Yeah, it's like a Cosworth rear wheel drive conversion in the transit. I was like, Oh, cool. But this has been done by Ford for years and years, mm-hmm. but obviously being an EV, it's way over the top of the technology. You said Night Alert's it's 2,000 horsepower, um, 1,300 foot-pound of torque. It weighs two tonne, and it moves like it's on rails. Like it, it's on the area. It's the area how it moves, just weird. Something that size and those dimensions shouldn't move the way that thing yeah. moves. It's so cool. So obviously, well, this is your YouTube section I've intruded on, but look those up because you'll see loads of it. Well, one of my personal favorites in the,
2: the the highlights from the weekend was the 190 DTM going up. I showed that to
1: Stefan. Did you see the it? The noise like? out of it is just mental. When he launches, I showed it to Stefan because he's Mr. Mark. And it launches and it just like squirms off the line. And I was like, but... Stephen said, and he was right, your man wasn't that sure-footed in it. You know, he was locking up, coming into corners and stuff, and I was like, this man's like under the 11 tenths here. It like." Sounds like a man that's drove modern cars all the time. He does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my first bit of news there. Also
2: in the runs, uh, there's the MP4 McLaren F1 car going up. Didn't see it. Uh, nice to see it out. And then James Dean, all the drift guys were out. I did actually see just that. Just going mental. A bit of showboating. Yeah. Um, there was a wee Suzuki Swift sponsored by Rich Energy. I don't know what it was running. It was doing donuts and all. It was pretty cool. Right. I've uh, seen that. Uh, and then
1: Travis Pepperoni was out. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He was out in the Subaru Hunnigan He'd done an insane time last year as well, didn't yeah. he? I think he won his category. Some really cool stuff. Uh, you go on to, I think it's just Goodwood Revival YouTube channel. And they're just, throughout the year they're, putting out content but particularly this week it's just absolutely fascinating It's the 90s BTCC cars I want to see Yeah yeah. The l- the Green Laguna And am for film. some
0: more uh, rapid unscheduled disassembly Oh yeah It's always fun to watch
1: <laughs> Yeah Some of
2: those big American cars <laughs> had something just yeah. explode. You didn't see Integrally bend it? No no. There was a group no. A Integrally and that's oh. weird I think the steering snapped or something He was going down a straight mm-hmm. and just veered off on the grass and straight into a round bale It didn't look like the driver I, It I, wasn't I, as if he lost it it just slowly veered. Yeah, That's strange. Oh dear. Nice. God. Sad. Sad times. Someone's getting a bill. <clears throat> yeah, something like that.
0: Some museum somewhere, probably.
2: <laughs> we bit of news I have seen this week, and it's basically: did we talk about this before? The Renault Five Electric, way way back. Yeah. yeah. So the release this week was that they're going to release it in twenty twenty four. So it is actually going to happen then. So it's replacing the Zoe E5, uh, EV. Um, looks absolutely class. Just cues, throwback designs to the old Renault Five. Just show you a wee picture of it there. Yeah, we'll put this up in Instagram stories. The tail lights and all the front end of it. It it looks so good. It, it does it's look so cool. sharp looking. Now renders will obviously look at make it look slightly like that, but
1: it's very boxy looking. It's like when BMW first produced the new Mini. No. It captured the lines perfectly of what the old Mini was, I thought. Now, purists, no, aren't going to like that, but I think it's so cool. So that's replacing the Zoe EV,
2: okay? Good. It's called the R5. And Renault are basically saying, we're going to make electric cars affordable. It's going to start at £17,000. That's that's cheap, freaking loud. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, range of 250 miles. I think it's got a 50 or 60 kilowatt battery, so it'll be nippy enough. If they can make them for twenty grand, They're going they to sell. fly out. Yeah. Uh, exciting news then is Alpina have already their version of it their version of it and it's going to have it's rumoured to have the Megane 215 brake engine. Oh shit right
1: so that is quite exciting. That's going to be the modern day Renault 5 turbo then Yeah, someone needs to stick one in the back of it now then yeah <laughs> white arches yeah we're going with this That's, that kind of thing is what's going to make EVs acceptable to normal people you know or car people oh, as well it's going to bring in because why wouldn't you when you have something that cool well, we're, we're we're being forced into it. Yeah, have to embrace it at some point. You like know, we're, be, we're being forced into it through scream.
2: taxes and fuel costs. So, you know. As uh, long as I can still work seven miles from home, well, I'll drive to the Bora. I think Jay, Jay Leno said it very well. He says, you know,
1: we'll have to accept in some shape or form, but as long as we still enjoy our little toys. My thing is I've never been able to afford a new yeah, car. So it's it. a long time from I'll be even the likes oh, of those cheaper ones. It'll be a long time before I get to that.
0: The issue is once you come to the second hand market for EVs, those batteries only last Ten a years. certain amount of time. So by the time they become to the affordable range where we as second hand car buyers are going to be able to buy them, the batteries are going to be fucked. So yeah. well, I think
2: I think that's Well, I think hydrogen's the long the long game. But if if that
1: is to be something that's sustainable, I think
2: the government needs to step in and go. Some sort of battery scheme.
1: Yeah, and you it's only going to be over the next 10, 15 years are you going to see what the degradation of the batteries is going to be in long term, you know, because it's uh, new technology. I think the electric thing is, it's a stepping stone. But... To petrol. <laughs> we'll come back to petrol, folks.
0: Synthetic fuel. Yeah. Oil. Out of my cold, dead hands. That's all we'll I'll have to... Synthetic.
1: You can still have your Jetta, don't worry. You That's can little... slide towards all the junctions. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Just when we're talking about electric cars, I don't know if you had it in your news, Um, the only electric car that I like, the Citroen ME, we've talked about it before. Yes. They released like a buggy version, like an army green, kind of no doors, like wee buggy thing.
1: Like canvas roof. Class looking wee thing, like a beach
0: buggy. Uh, It's sold out in like 17 minutes or something.
1: Yeah. Those things are insanely cheap, but they're not full cars. They only do 28 miles an hour. They're cute though. Yeah i am like seeing more and more of the Wii Hondas, what do you call them? The E's. Yeah. Seen a few of them about the roads. They they're so class. They're pretty cool too. Yeah. They're very similar to what that Renault 5 you were talking about. Yeah,
2: I think that's I think that's what manufacturers have been looking towards now for the sort of city car. It's gonna to have to. Yeah.
0: Well, going back to proper cars. <laughs> Vauxhall are celebrating forty years of making Super Minis, dating back to the original Nova in 1982.
1: Shared to our topic a while back.
0: Yes. They have So they've now released a limited edition, 80s-inspired Corsa E anniversary edition. Right. So what is 80s-inspired about it, you may ask?
1: Well, I know what I would do. What would you do? I would take the original fabric from the old Novas, incorporate that into the modern seats, take those styling cues of like the colours of the dashes, like of those graphics on the outside of the cars, you know, that kind of thing, just essentially kind of like what I'd done with the Mark Three and try and like, retrograde it, you know.
0: Hmm. So it is a record red paint, which is apparently supposed to be reminiscent of the Nova Carmine red. Okay. So it's it also not the has same tartan colour? sports seats.
1: Oh, okay. We're going.
0: Um, that's about it.
1: We didn't even <laughs> use the proper color. No. <laughs> Thanks, Fox. Um,
0: there's an interior number plate. That they're calling it, which is the one out of a thousand, whatever number it is in the run. So there's a thousand of these that are earmarked for the UK. But the best bit, the bit that I want, is you also will get a limited edition presentation box containing four pairs of Nova inspired socks.
1: At least to buy a card to get the socks and sell it. This
0: is literally going to happen. <laughs> or if anyone like is... You're
1: a Ferrari collector
2: or yeah. a Porsche, you know, I'll buy this to get this.
0: If anyone is in the market for a course E and doesn't want the socks, I'll take them off your hands. I'm, I'm, seeing five these and half.
2: The, I'm seeing these on eBay for large figures of
1: money.
0: Yeah. But yeah, hit me up if you're... If anybody has them and doesn't want them.
1: Some sweet socks. The most retro thing about that is that the paint's going to fade and then all lacquer peel the way all the old vassals used to do. Carmen Pink. Sticking with racing then, today, Pike's Peak's happening. Re- oh, that's right. I've seen Aaron from Arclade. Yes. Uh, Aaron uh, Kaufman. From, yeah. So, Aaron Kaufman is racing uh, Old Smokey, who is the current diesel record holder for it. Um,
0: Shout out to listener Scott, who is currently at Pike's Peak. Scott I'm with not jealous. Mark. That's whatsoever. right, I remember
1: saying. That's right, yeah. We were talking about Living Lager Cream. Um, yeah, so he'll get to see this. Old Smokey is a 49 Ford F1. It's 460 sorry 1460 horsepower and 2100 foot pound of torque 2100 the most uh impressive Pray for part the of drive it. shots so it's a uh, 6.7 commons blah 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 america everywhere uh it's a twin turbo
0: screaming eagles all over the place
1: so the turbo's produced four point sorry 7.3 bar which is 105 psi is that all imagine the pressure the head studs are under I went to the mechanical thing of that and go, that's a lot of... That's
0: speaking like a, of... A bomb they as
2: much, under as much pressure as your pants when the jet locked up. Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I see Kenny from the Block wrecked the Porsche.
1: Yeah, so ah. dropped a valve on the practice flums. So Kabam! Very surprised they didn't have a spare engine. Mm. Usually a lot of those teams will. They flew, um, they flew a Porsche engineer out to try and sort it, but I mean, once you, you drop a, a valve, gotter. it's gonna be bad in there. Um... I don't know if Porsche developed that car with them or not. You know, it's weird that they flew a Porsche engineer out kind of thing. Oh, there must have been some tie-up with them. Yeah, but bad times for him. But as they say, that's racing. Is you it's saying 1400
0: the 1,400 horsepower or something, that Porsche?
1: It's supposed to be, yes. Yeah, the Was it the Huna Pegasus? So it was like Pegasus, only a pig because it's, it's pink. It's like
0: the pig, the pink, what did it call Was it a pink pig or something? Yeah. There was one of the Porsches. was. The, yeah, with It's the kind pink of a the, throwback to that.
1: The graphics were i'm just thinking of percy pigs right now percy i'm Pig. hungry oh. shout out to marks and spencers <laughs> yeah so good and bad times on the hill hopefully good for iron because you don't want he, that car old smokey did have an off where it slid off mm. at one point
0: That's um uh, my other piece of news was pike's Pigs, so i don't have anything else have you guys done anymore everyone
2: that is great <laughs> yeah um the goodwood thing i suppose roll on from that um last week just before goodwood uh, BMW announced the release of the M3 Touring, the much awaited.
1: i just have the Wii piece about that, yeah.
2: already don't have their way uh, market all
1: to themselves anymore.
2: Uh M three are stepping up, they're offering rear wheel drive and X Drive. This is something BMW should have done oh. years ago. Um they actually brought a really cool Daytona Violet one to Goodwood. Looked absolutely class. Did uh, the park it ass out so you
1: can't see the front end.
0: Have you seen the big sculpture to have at Goodwood, the BMW one this year?
1: Yeah. Is this one of the cars coming up? Oh, yeah, like yeah. they look like
0: they're on like sticks. Yeah,
2: they usually have. It's a, class. And yeah, Goodwood House there. That's so cool. Uh, so, 2023 M3 Turn is the first ever factory M3 wagon. It's powered by the three liter, six cylinder engine. It makes 503 horsepower, and uh, nearly 500 pound foot of torque. Through an eight speed Duke of Richmond flattering automatic transmission, which is the only gearbox available, not the in 3.6 seconds and a top speed of 174. I would say with a map, you could make them numbers go up and down and make the gearbox shit itself. Yeah, uh, not for sale in America. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> that. The I Yanks... mean, oh.
1: only be sold in Europe and Australia. I'm surprised at that, no? Yeah, that's probably a crash regulation thing. Um, who knows I'm not a big fan of that new M3 M4 shape not that BMW are going to worry because I never lose the sale that I don't have the money for but I love the shape before that it was like Adam McPeak's shape I'm not good with BMW numbers after the E92 I think it
0: was an F90
1: Um, F90. to me they should have done the estate in that because that's a gorgeous it's a far nicer front end yeah they're nice and even those
0: new ones with the big stupid grills look beautiful from the side
1: oh yeah they're
0: really really nice but it's just that front I can't and I it. can't get on with.
1: I've seen quite a few people saying that I'm it's I'm warming to it slowly. I can't do it. Uh, I think uh, the darker colours work better because it hides it better. Do you remember...
0: <laughs> they do yes. a really nice, like, dark tail, like a really dark turquoise it in it, and nice. it is really nice.
1: Yeah. Do you remember, was it last year we did the topic about cars that Cars that never were, basically. And it was like development cars and production cars that were built as like development mules. Nigel, you talked about the, was it the M5 pickup, the older M5 yes. pickup? And one of them was the E46 M3 estate. Mm-hmm. And that's a car, a few people have built those out of E46 normal estates. To me, that would have been the ultimate, you know, against like the early 2000s RS4s and that kind of thing. They should have been doing this 20 years ago. Yeah. And now they're finally listening. Mm-hmm. My other bit of news, and um, you might have a bit about this, is the ProDrive Impreza. Have you seen this? Yeah. So this last few years, there's been a lot of six-figure restaurant mod cars, mm-hmm. and the Impreza, the early Impreza, is joining them. So ProDrive are building the P25. It's a modernized 22B Impreza, and they're doing 25 models of them sold out. I think they were launched and sold on the same day. Yeah, pretty much. I think they had five pre sold and then when they launched the remaining ones, they just went. Five uh, hundred and twenty five thousand pounds. Uh four hundred yeah, it's four sixty plus fat. Um there's a stronger of KG Motorsport in Northern Ireland bought one. Yes. And you know that there was parts Smarland put onto that car as well. So yeah. there's a composite crowd out Galway Direction. Um I followed them on Instagram for a good few years now. They do a lot of reproduction, uh, Kevlar and carbon fiber like replica like from the original molds for like wrc mm-hmm. cars and stuff like that they're doing a lot of the build of this for the body panels so basically stefan shells the whole shells are dipped back to bare metal any repairs done the shells composite parts i think there's a thousand man hours in the shell alone um adjustable throttle maps are using a more modern two and a half liter flat boxer engine oddly they're going drive by uh, drive by wire but they're also doing clutch by wire which i've never heard of like especially on like a road car, You imagine the feel would be kind of weird. Bluetooth clutch, so like like a Bluetooth kettle. Yeah, well, uh, shout it, Robin. <laughs> that's he just want to talk about that. So it must obviously be like a like an actuator on the clutch, the way you have on your throttle body, that you know, a motor that turns it. It's kind of weird for now. I don't know mm-hmm. how I would feel about that. Obviously, a pro driver happy enough with it. Six speed sequential box. The reckon going to be 1,200, 1200 kilos and over four hundred horsepower in the end. So a bit like you said earlier, you alluded to clearly about Pikes Peak, it'll be nice to see some of this actually running, as opposed to sitting in a museum somewhere. Yeah. You know, these are, they're obviously building them as a performance car, But nice mm. to see some of them used but at over half, half a, million, a million it's going to be odd whether they do or not.
2: What do you call the really rare what, uh, two-door impress that they made, the blue one? They're the P1? P-
1: no, no. What was it? Is it? the a P1. There's a P1 wide body, there's a 22B Twenty two B. Yeah, that's what these are based on. Sure, they're making well, they make a couple of hundred thousand now? Yeah. I uh, you're into maybe a hundred and twenty five of them sort of thing. So these yeah. are obviously half a million and there is a market for them, you know, and having ProDrive's name on them from the early days of rallying obviously is gonna do a lot for them too. Yeah. Uh obviously did because all twenty five of them sold. Yeah. So yeah, that's my news. Cool. Um do you want me to do a bit of YouTube's?
0: Uh yes, please.
2: Uh very because 'cause we're at normal time here, yeah. Um, just blast through a few things I've watched in the last week or two. Um, Top Gear done a it's a series uh, about a secret CSL tours cars that never were right. So the first video was basically a V eight E forty six M three CSL. Oh, right. So basically had the M five engine and basically what fell from driftworks done. Mm-hmm. And that was a nearly very nearly it was a mule. So he's going around the CSL uh, plant. Obviously, uh, this is what led into the E92 with the V8 on it. It's basically the secret squirrel store of BMW Top Gear were going around. They were showing the E46 M3 CSL, and then, the more recently, an M2 CSL. It never was. Be they cool. made a CS. But not the CSL. Not CSL. So, they were just showing you those. So, it'll be interesting to see what else they show. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to one of my, becoming more and more, more and more. One of my favourite channels to watch is Johnny Smithley at Break Show
1: I know which one this is I wanted to watch it this week and just haven't. Well, time it's, t- it's actually two videos it's, uh,
2: the Harry, Harry's Garage mm-hmm. So the first part of it is an interview uh, Sitting down with him on his famous chairs uh, In his garage And chatting about the starting of Evo magazine And how things have developed Really, really interesting. Harry, I just think, is just such an interesting guy to listen to. But funny, I seen it and thought of you right away. I was like, Nigel will be all over that. And then recently, more recently, this part, the second part of it is a tour of his actual garage. Oh, cool. So, a bit of a chapter in the cars he has in his collection So, check it out. Um, did I mention the R-Kings video in the last episode?
1: I don't know, or maybe did we talk about it afterwards? I'm not
2: sure. So, Drift Games basically uh, went up to Bestbrook to uh, Mark Weir's um, warehouse for R Kings, yeah, massive right. online raffle company. Raffle company. Did you know what R Kings sta- R Kings stand for? Nope. Raffle Kings, because that's how they started. Ah. remember the
1: one to fifty raffles? Ah, mm. yeah, that's how they started, like on Facebook kind of thing. Yeah.
2: So they evolved into one of the biggest uh, giveaway things. I think they're second biggest in the UK apart from Bob. Whatever, they're bigger than Dream Car Giveaway, is Well, I think they're they're not far there. away. That's impressive. Um, going around his collection and it's just insane
1: just lambos ferraris but he's a lot of dream Jap cars a lot of dream german cars funny when lee and i were watching this that night we were saying like imagine being in his position where everyone knows you and everyone's offering new cars and like you don't have to raffle it you know, you could buy the car in and keep it for yourself and raffle off what you don't want it's such a class position to be in best about it is that
2: guy i think he used to be a kitchen cabinet maker ah yeah and uh, i think things just escalated uh really young guy i think he's mid-20s so, hats off Possibly to aye, well, yeah, I Possibly, I will. I think there's two of them. Well. I think there's Mark, who's down in Bessbrook, and then there's another fella, I think it's partners,
1: up in the Macrofield. they really hit well, and like they were in on the early days of it, where a lot of people tried to do it afterwards, then when it got popular, and, and then kind COVID, of missed the book with it, yeah. good, it. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yes Lee, it was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm calling out Drift Games. Oh, here we go. I'm calling these out, boys. Somebody buy those fuckers, some clip-on mics. Oh. (laughs) Because their sound is horrific. I can't watch their videos. I can't do it. You're right, yeah. Because every time they turn their head away from the microphone, it's like this here, and then they turn around to look at the car, and then it's like this here, and blah, talking like this. It drives me bananas. I can't do
1: it. It's actually weird, because their videos are really good. Otherwise, you know...
0: We were watching that one a couple of weeks ago, and then we were watching Mike Poley, shout-out Dog Pizza, Rabbit Hole, and he has... Perfect sound on his videos. And I'm like, how does Mike Poley, who, like, no offence to Mike, he's not a huge operation. How does he have better sound than fucking Drift Games? Here like,
1: $130,000, on. yeah. <laughs> Clip on Mike's, lads. Go for it. It's it's not that hard. It's actually something that I think a lot of YouTubers really lack. Because, obviously, we do this and we have sound. But you're watching YouTube videos and it's like, they cut to a different scene. And the, suddenly the volume spikes. You know, or come out of an advert, and then the next thing they're screaming at you. It's, it's a bit of a strange one. I wonder when they're sitting down and going, here, we need clip-on mics. Yeah, but uh, they're not the only ones, but yes, in this instance... Uh, oh, well. I'm sure, sure they'll sort sorted. and Leo not through it. Uh,
2: Toys out something of the
1: hard, hard at a TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Just a suggestion.
1: <laughs> Just on that interruption, then. Uh, the one YouTube I have this time is DB Daily's guys, so Dahi's gone around basically on their show Going around each of the cars individually, if you've seen it and interviews a few people as he meets going around, it's actually really good because like basically what Drift Games done at Dub Shed was a walk around of what cars were there mm-hmm. and a quick chat with people, which is pretty good. cool. So I've seen the first half, the first part one, but I haven't seen part two yet. So hopefully it's good. If it's terrible, don't take my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it sure, sure it won't be. Yeah, go ahead,
0: Nigel. Shall we move on then to our main topic? Yeah, yeah. Which I think Nigel has for us this, this fine afternoon. Excellent.
2: Okay, my topic this week is a mini-topic. It's about Fast and Furious. It's sort of some wee interesting facts and figures and stuff from the franchise. Um, it's been 20 years since the franchise kicked off. The original movie hit theatres in summer 2001 and quickly raced its way into the hearts of motor enthusiasts throughout the world. Despite it initially starting out as a little more than a point-break rip-off that treated surfboards and big waves for tuner cars and street racing, the so-called Fast Saga quickly evolved into something more, which I'm not a massive fan of.
1: No, definitely uh, not. I don't think any of us are.
2: Within a decade, the franchise left street racing behind in order to fully embrace its place as a bona fide action film. Cars still played a part, however, explosive and expensive vehicular stunts replaced the original movie's racing bent. Basically, they left cars behind and... uh, went into space yes essentially superheroes
1: yeah uh, I think we're in Fast and Furious 9 at the moment, aren't we yes I still refuse to watch it I think as mentioned a few episodes ago I could have watched it on the plane for free and still didn't watch it yeah so what are they going to go to next Fast and Furious Jurassic Park time travel time travel is definitely where they're going they've also split the next film so they were saying oh yeah we're ending on 10 but we're going to have it in two parts All right okay yeah
2: 10 and 10.1 so let's kick things off uh, with worldwide box office sales totaling more than $1.5 billion. Uh, Furious 7 is currently the highest grossing film in the Fast Saga and the ninth highest grossing film of all time. F9, however, could ultimately steal the crown for Furious 7. Prior to F9's release, the Fast Saga has grossed more than $5.1 billion worldwide, making it the fifth biggest global movie franchise ever. The original, The Fast and Furious, had a reported budget of $38 million, while the latest film, F9, reportedly cost more than $200 million to make. So, earns
1: a bit of cash, that film. Yes. That's the problem with these films, is they've become a cash grab. Oh, wow. Well. You know, it's, if, if it's making money for the studios, they'll just go again, again, If again. the original films had been a one-off, or one or two, it kind of, you'd be sitting looking back, going, oh, do you remember those, and they were great? Where now it's just become absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Another fact,
2: uh, Fast and Furious films consume more than their fair share of stunt cars. The Fast saga has resulted in the destruction
1: of approximately, how many do you think? I don't know, but I think the previous record was held by the Blues Brothers, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And they absolutely wiped the floor with them. Well, this is the whole franchise. How how many cars do you think of? I must be in the thousands. Two and a half thousand cars. Oh yeah.
2: Um, (laughs) 190 were wrecked while film The Vault Heist in Fast Five. Uh, fast, fast and Furious 6 went through 300 cars during filming, plus two working tanks. On average, each film wrecks between 2 and 300 cars. Imagine wrecking a tank. There's a lot of wrecking on a tank. There is, isn't there? Yeah.
0: Killdozer could do it.
2: Kill could do Shout out to Killdozer. Another one. Instead of using one of the seven real $3.4 million Lycan Hypersports and Furious 7, W Motors made custom Lycan Hypersport lookalikes, which featured fiberglass as opposed to carbon fiber uh body panels and road on stretch porch boxed running pin- underpinnings rather than the real cars. Rough sourced chassis. It was originally meant to be a LaFerrari they used.
1: Oh right.
0: I think we've talked about that. When we talked about a few of the film episodes before um
1: Need for Speed. Need
0: for Speed, they did a lot they used a lot of replica cars in it. Mm. Which is a good idea, obviously. <laughs> yeah.
1: the bill of a few of those would be absolutely mental.
0: Not to mention the fact that it would just be a travesty.
1: The off-road Dodge Charger,
2: driven by Dominic Toretto and Furious 7, was built by Vehicle Effects, which cobbled together a total of seven such Chargers over in just three months. Only one survived filming. Um, the Toyota Supra, driven by Paul Walker's character, Brian O'Connor, and Furious 7,
1: actually came from the late actor's personal car collection. Yeah, his collection stuff was absolutely mental. mental. Mm-hmm. I, I think, was it back... There was some YouTuber years ago done, like, a walk-around of it after he died, and the stuff they had talked away, it was just mental. <laughs> um,
2: do you remember the scene in Seven with the parachuting out of the cars? No, no, out the back of a big aircraft.
1: Oh yes, oh yeah, yeah. Right.
2: right. in order to safely parachute full size cars from a flying plane for, plane for Furious Seven, so they were actual real cars, one Cgi. The movie stunt team completed six test drops using real
1: cars prior to filming the scene. Imagine the first test drop, and you sitting going, hmm, I wonder how this is going to go. Yeah. Although I think they power sheet tanks and stuff out of the back of planes, so you imagine it should be all right. Although tanks are more robust for landing, I suppose. <laughs> um,
2: throwback to the original Fast and Furious one. Eight different fourth-gen Supras were used to represent Brian's car in the original movie, with the film company paying $24,000 for the most expensive example. That's about the equivalent of thirty five thousand in twenty twenty one. Just imagine what they'd be worth now.
1: That initial car, the Supra, was I've talked before about Craig Lieberman, mm. and he was an advisor on the, fast, the original Fast and the Furious films. That car was originally yellow, and then so if you look, that car is orange with a yellow cage, and I always thought it was kind of weird because it was like those colors kind of clash. But that was the thing was universal when they painted, so they took the cars and they could do whatever they want with them, so they painted it orange. And they didn't want to paint the kids because it was obviously a lot of hassle and have to paint it back. So they left it yellow originally. Uh, in 1998, Ken Lee wrote an article in Vibe magazine called
2: Racer X, which chronicled illegal drag racers in Queens, New York. That article was optioned by movie producers and became the an inspiration for Fast and Furious film franchise. So that's where the, the original came the from. started. Um, during production, the Fast and Furious was known as Redline, not Fast and Furious, which refers to the maximum speed to which a can accelerate. That name wasn't terribly catchy, and producers came up with the Fast and Furious. However, the name was owned by a company director, uh, Roger Corman, who had produced a completely unrelated film by the name in 1955. Instead of buying the rights to the name, Universal Studio Studios made a trade. Uh, the Fast and Furious name rights in exchange for some archival stock footage that Universal owned. Right. I wonder what he was doing with that. But a wheeler dealer. Um, Vin Diesel didn't return for Too Fast, Too Furious, because, but he persuaded the re- to return for. He was persuaded to return for a cameo at the end of the third film, Tokyo Drift. He said he'd appear under one condition, that the film student gave him the rights to the Riddick series. I thought you were going to say his one condition was having a shitload of money. Well, I think he's exactly a producer now, so yeah. I don't think he's any money issues. No.
0: Apparently Vin Diesel is a massive nerd.
1: Oh yeah, uh, like a comic book
0: nerd. His whole thing about Riddick was nobody wanted to make Riddick, and he was like, "I w- I want to make these films." There's like a trilogy of them, isn't there? Yeah. But apparently, mm-hmm. he, he plays like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. Like he's a proper nerd. Like <laughs> nerd, go. nerd.
2: Um, <laughs> Fast and Furious was originally pissed at the studios as West Side Story, but with cars instead of singing. <clears throat> Director Rob Cohen also admitted to modelling the car chase from the first film's third act after another classic cinema sequence,
1: The Car Chase in 1968's the bullet. Or, which, sorry, the bullet. I I watched this the other night, actually pure randomly. I didn't realise you were doing this topic. And I was like I was trying to sort out the stuff for Lee's Jet and I was like, Fuck, I'm just in foul form here and I was like, No, you just want to watch something you've seen a thousand times I was like, Well, what's this? And then, know you're doing this and I was like okay. <laughs> Fate.
2: Uh, there were several actors on the list who could have played Baron Connor in the first movie. The big names were Eminem. What? Chris Beale, four years before Batman Begins, and Mark Wahlberg, who ended up starring in the Fast and Furious style Italian job remake.
1: So Marky Mark and that would just be if if Mark Wahlberg was in that first one, they'd be as bad as the last ones. He would have probably been a Boston cop oh, yeah. driving the car. With a terrible He's the only man I know from Boston who can't do a Boston accent. <laughs>
0: Yeah, his Boston accent sounds fake
1: It does, Yeah, it's weird
2: <laughs> uh, Cohen cast Paul Walker in the films in his part because of Walker's resemblance to
1: Bullet star Steve McQueen Yeah, I think he was touted as being the new Steve McQueen when he was in person in his early career
0: a pity he was a terrible actor
1: <laughs> Well true, yeah <laughs>
2: Director Rob Cohen Visited illegal street racers In preparation for the first film In order to bring authenticity To the screen He also enlisted Over 200 souped up race cars Driven by actual
1: street racers To fill out the racing sequences Yeah So that was a big thing In the initial scene When they do the street race And the cops come On the all scatter Kind of thing Street slows pizza boy Yeah That's the director Yeah (laughs) Those are all actual, like, normal streetcars that people turned up to. They basically auditioned for people to, to like come. To be, like, an extra. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. I mentioned Point Break at the start. The
2: cafe, you know, with the tuna sandwiches. That's right. That was using Point Break, too. Yeah. I actually would love to go and visit all the different locations, because I think the house is still there. Yeah. And then I think I heard or read about the house, that the uh, Dom's house. I think it was a street of colourful houses, but the director painted it white, so the cars would stand out more in the film. Yeah. Because obviously they were very colourful in the early days as well, yeah. the, the cars. Two of the film actors, Michelle Rodriguez and Jordina Brewster, were cast in the movie before they could even legally drive. So I think they learned to drive in three months. Uh, the two actors had to get their final, or had get their driver lines before the filming could begin. It's a baptism of fire, like isn't it? Mm. <laughs> uh, the studio originally wanted Timothy Oliphant to play the role of Dominic Toretto. Oliphant turned the part down and Vin Diesel was eventually cast in his place. I can't imagine him in that
1: role no i know it's hard to think of it when you've seen vin diesel not for a lifetime but he's not who i would picture in that kind of role yeah actor
2: brian t uh plays the drift king in Toyo drift but the real life dr- drift king did appear in the movie japanese stri- japanese street racing legend kichi Chuchia, uh, JDM boys will be shouting at me oh, right yeah. now, but he's the guy who basically makes the cameo with the fishermen when they're drifting around the docks. That's right, yeah. So that's the drift legend, uh, just casually doing a cameo.
1: Another name you might know as well, RJ who'd done a lot of the styling cues and stuff for the early cars. He was big in the Jap scene as well for like kits and wheels, and mm-hmm. he's one of the, I think he opens like a barrier in one of the films, letting through. Yeah, Katie actually
2: done some of the uh, stump drifting sequences in the film, well, that's as, well cool, as, doing, yeah. as well as doing a cameo. So that was pretty cool, yeah. To film the drifting scenes in Tokyo Drift, the Mitsubishi Lancer Evo 3 and two other cars were converted to rear-wheel drive so they could drift properly. Toyo donated 4,000 tires to the film production and they went through 2,000. Somebody got 2,000 tires then? Yeah. To film the train sequence in Fast Five, producers bought 600 yards of train tracks in Arizona plus an entire train to destroy on camera. The one scene cost $25 million to shoot. That was 20% of the film's budget. For one scene? Mm-hmm.
0: It's cool, though, they did it for real. I mean...
1: Rather than CGI.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know that scene in The The Dark Knight where the, the lorry flips over? Oh
1: yeah. oh yeah. That was
0: done in camera. They actually did that, it, yeah. And I just think stuff like that's cool.
1: I think that's why you get films to stand out from other stuff now, is yeah. by doing the likes of that. Filmmakers makers
2: planned to include a replica Shelby Cobra in Too Fast, Too Furious. However, the car didn't make it into the movie. The Cobra rep- replicas built for the second fast film were instead used in uh, movie Charlie's Angels. Well, that's a film I haven't seen in quite some time. I mm-hmm. couldn't even tell you what what cars were in it. Uh, the Honda S2000, driven by Devin Aoki Suki, yeah. might not look familiar. But underneath, the coat of pink paint sits... The exact same car piloted by Ricky Yule, Johnny Tran in The Fast and Furious. Yeah, there was quite a few of the cars were reused between the first two films Mm -hmm. and then after that they just got so many. Uh, The final scenes of Fast and Furious 6 are awe-inspiring. The secrets in which a car chases a cargo plane as it takes off is so action-packed it left riders at Vulture scratching their heads. They calculated how long the runway would have to be to accommodate all that action. Their estimate, 28.8 miles long. In I, contrast, the longest paved runway in the world is only three point four miles. Uh, so,
1: bit of fiction there. Yeah, I remember watching that at the time. We come out going, "How long was that fucking runway?" <laughs> so it was the longest fucking landing. I think there's a similar runway in one of the diehards. Oh, there's yeah, there's probably a few films as a, uh, a few stretched
2: runways. Uh, the character Han's last name isn't mentioned Until it appears on the computer screen in Fast 5 Turns out he's named after another Fast character, the man whose ship Allegedly made the Kessel run In under 12 par seconds, that's right Fast and Furious Han Solo is named after Star Wars pilot Han Solo I Didn't know that
0: Yeah, I've heard that before
2: So finally, onto uh, Fast 7 It contains around 350 shots Of Paul Walker that were created by using Archival footage of him prior to his death or by digitally adding his face over those of stanzen two of those were walker's brothers
1: yeah that's the thing that's used with star wars as well i kind of find it's a bit weird i don't really know how i feel about it because it's like the guy's dead you know and obviously someone's acting in his place and you're like digitally stitching his face over it yeah it's kind of it's a it's a weird topic like yeah yeah uh, so that concludes my Little mini topic, Fast and Furious. The, the other one, just I didn't say this at the time because I didn't want to tramp all of you in case you had it, was the the orange Supra from the original film. Mm-hmm. One of those was redone as the gold slapjack Supra in Too Fast, Too Furious. That was the same car as well. Very good. Yeah, so you reused a whole lot Better of re-signal. cars in it. So I suppose when you look at the budgets, you can't really be buying exactly a whole bunch of cars, even though True. they're cheaper as cheap as they were back then compared to now. Those replica cars of those two are making serious money. Oh wow yeah. The auctions are going through Was it not one went through For like 150 odd thousand The last time we were looking at them Well it's probably guys that may have Watched the film In early 2000s They've now got the cash to and Buy those kind of things Yeah well, that's, I think that's what happens The likes of my Mark III When I bought it Nobody wanted them And I wasn't that fussed And my dad's friend He said to me He was like You'd be surprised He says People like me Wanted those growing up And couldn't afford them And now they would give you Good money for it Sort of thing And then three or four years later It was right They all started to climb Yeah So yeah, it's definitely a a part of that, I would say. Cool. That was good, Nigel. Thank you very much. A lot.
0: So shall we move on then to our listener questions?
1: Yes, we'll finish up with those. I have them here. while I just run through them? Yeah, please. I'll do. So the first one is Marty Mim. He says, is there going to be wood supplied for the Euro and speed bumps? Asking for a friend. No.
0: Bring your own wood, Marty.
1: You said wood last year, did you? Did we? I think you did. Perhaps there might be. No, I don't think it was. Cost of wood now. Nope. Ah, uh, no chance. But cheaper to concrete the ramps. That's it. Uh Fatman W two One, Stephanie's is She's a Fierce trailer. It was thank you very it much. It Most Stephen. certainly is. Yeah, we didn't mention Stefan's name against the trailer, because that's the, the friend maker. Ah, yes. Um definitely not his trailer. Thanks, Stephen. Um R. Nugel he- Hegarty, clean the MX5 or is it Nunos? Uh, so nice to see it's shiny far from perfect but i'm loving the green so he just picked himself up a mark 2 mx5 very good green on tan very very nice car i am an absolute sucker as most people know for for green cars um he's been wanting one for a long time and he's been hunting to try and get a good one so he's finally got one uh jake underscore slow up should i be worried if there's not a check engine light on my volkswagen more likely t- yeah yeah yep yeah. I think I've gotten suntan you, you, from mine. you bought a wrong one if it hasn't got the light on. Yeah, or else someone's taking the bulb out. Uh, John 8 underscore Bill 6. Still patiently waiting on the return of the Lexus from paint. Reload podcast, specifically Nigel, said I should buy one. So it's your fault, Nigel. Here. You're welcome, John. <laughs> I yeah. thought he was with for Go, but there you go. No, it's. Uh, I thought he was painting the car himself and him and his mates. And turns out it's an actual body shop, so he's going all out on it. And I've seen the colour... I think uh, basically someone was telling me that he's not telling anybody the colour. He's not revealing it, but he's telling everybody the colour because he's going around going, I'm not telling anyone, but here you go.
0: And then everybody's (laughs) like, do you know? I know. Do you know?
1: (laughs) Uh Lee G Farrell he says how many goats have you sacrificed for the sun gods for next week Nigel that's your department do you kill the goats the goat's getting nervous because the forecast has been hit and miss that I've been watching the last while so I've noticed they're... that it's supposed to be getting really good on the Friday and yeah. then not so good on the Saturday but the we'll... goat is in the backyard and he keeps looking sideways out of his eyes at me you know? I just go kill him now mm-hmm. kill him on this recording uh, Glennon1275 he says best band best band yeah who's your favourite band Iron Maiden. I knew you were going to say Iron Maiden.
2: Yeah. I I don't, I don't have a favourite. I just listen to all sorts of music. Yeah,
1: that's my thing. Uh, there's a big difference between the best band and my favourite band. I will tell you that. Because um, mostly, probably mine's going to be some sort of new metal band, like Corn or System of a Down or Slipknot or something. If you're going purely in performance, like the likes of Dream Theatre, do you listen to them? No. I'm never Real heard Real technical that. metal, obviously amazing. And I have Iron Maiden down there, obviously, for the likes of because they're still going after 40-odd years and still... We, like, we, I would
0: have probably always said <clears throat> my favourite band is Black Sabbath, but having seen Maiden in concert, like, five times, they're still going. we seen They're just incredible.
1: Last week, mm-hmm. last Monday, and they come out on stage, and we seen them a few years ago, and they come out, and the first thing I said to Lee was, fuck me, they have got old. And when I don't want <laughs> it, it was, like, in, in the late 60s. They are like, old. They are old. But absolutely amazing performance and it's it's like any talent or skill it's amazing to see someone who has crafted that over 40, 50 years come yeah. out and just nail it every it must time. Must be just a reflex for the go to play. I sort of was thinking I was like they're playing all their classics everyone's going nuts. Do they get bored of it? You know is it are you just going, going through, through the, the emotions? but they really don't seem that way on stage. Yeah. But that goes for like watching someone paint a car woodworking. If someone's good at their craft it's just amazing to see it. Yeah that's what I like about it.
2: Favourite bands I just I like all music But I've I always seem to fall back To but A bit of Fleetwood Mac Or Rolling Stones Ah
1: hard to beat You know just Two crackers Good stuff Suppose I could take my phone back In my pocket And randomly put it away And read the questions <laughs> uh, Marie.d91 He's Declan who's seen us yesterday Or Not uh, yesterday mm-hmm. Trilling the Zeta. Um If you could combine the traits Of cars from different countries And make your own What would it be? I'll flip it not see that question Sorry
0: american muscle with european handling
1: that's yep yeah, a good upgrade
0: and where car cars really cheap mm, like Brazil or somewhere uh, yeah <laughs> the, and cost the of things. the cheapness of like, some cars i like where you're going <laughs> i was yeah. going to
1: say that's not where i would have went but i'd really like
2: that yeah. that's smart i would go with german dtm engines mm-hmm. with italian
1: styling with I think this is exactly Connor's answer. Well, what I had was Italian. <laughs> Sorry, can I see your book? <laughs> <laughs> I had like sixties, seventies Italian styling, so the likes of a '67 Alpha Spider. Um, you had that with the reliability of a nineties German car because they fuckers do not die, yeah, and all Alphas do apparently, and the performance of like a nineties, two thousands Japanese like JDM style cars. so obviously you don't want something incredibly heavy like a 2JZ and RB26 and a light car like that, but if you like the more modern like 2 liter, like Boxer engines, which are low slung, that kind of thing from an Impreza, that would be the sweet spot. And again, Impreza engine, the German reliability comes in there. It's much needed. Yeah, gaskets galore. (laughs) But no, that was pretty cool. I like that. You can combine all the different stuff. Uh, S14 OCP. Will the car market crash with the with rising prices any conspiracies I would say it's probably on its way to fucking when. fingers crossed Simon. it's starting to slow it is I've yeah I've seen it starting to slow it has
0: then. to it's not sustainable but we've been saying that, cars that have normally the price sold. of everything recently
2: cars have normally sold quickly are sitting in the forecourts now
1: yeah except you're sitting on the side of the road ding ding nasal juice <laughs> car seals people have good taste
0: obviously uh,
1: yeah I. it has to happen it's, but then we've been talking about this for but, um, years here talk about it um,
2: production levels aren't up with new cars, so they'll no. have a fallback on the used cars. There's recession
1: kicking it's in still now. The, there's still shortage happens.
0: of materials yeah. and the chip thing and all that is. It's all working against.
1: I'll stick with my Mark Threes. Um, Simon also says, "Looks like a Mark One on the trailer." Tell us about it. We covered that.
0: Yep, yeah, good guess.
1: Jim underscore yearly. What's on the trailer? Mark One Jetta. Mark One Jetta. Off of the chop. And finally, Christopher R.W., he says, tomorrow's, Question for tomorrow's podcast. If you were to do a budget build, uh, spending minimal amounts on parts and using a cheap base, what would your car choice be and what would you do with it? Don't think this has been asked, but my memory's terrible. Hope you're all well. Keep up the good work. Always look forward to the biweekly episodes. And thank you very much for that, Christopher. Yeah, thank you. Nice message to end on. Um, the budget build thing is a very open-ended thing depends what your budget is the problem obviously. is we like older cars and older cars are now not budget yeah that's the killer um there's still a few out there the other thing that kind of comes into two is how hands are on are you and how capable are you like essentially my mark 3 was a budget build i have five grand in that car but i have an engine swap smooth bay wire tuck the interior was done it is an air ride, custom wheels, full respray, full respray. You know, it just depends what you can do and right, how to keep it. That's it. Um, I, I, when I said budget build, I was sort of thinking a few cars. Um,
2: depending on what you want to do, I think we Clio one Yes, hard to beat value for money. Um, Mark five golfs value for money, bang for your bucks. Um, on the Mark four golfs, get a two point eight four motion, or did you see the red V five? I did, yeah. Um, good bang for your buck there, still affordable. You can get one of them for two grand. Mm. Uh, it's grand at it, you'll have grand or two, you'll have wheels and suspension. I would like stuff another like Mark IV. It depends. I've see that red Mark, uh, red three door V5 that's for sale. Did you I see think it Je- Jeff shared it, yeah.
1: Um, like that's a tidy car. I've seen it. That's a tidy car. The crazy thing with that is so what was it eighteen hundred or two grand yeah. or something? And a few years ago, like that would run a hard sell here. Oh, you know. Seven hundred quid. Yeah. Um, same with the four motions. Like I bought the Bora cheap and now like I have about five or six grand in it, but it's probably not far off that, you yeah. know, if it was I actually tied it up and washed it once in a while. Um <coughs> like Lee's Vento comes into it too. I know this is maybe ten years ago, but ingenuity plays into a lot of it like lee took a set of wheels that no one had done from well there were six stud mitsubishi wheels custom adapters and you still had the price like, like that wheel setup wouldn't have cost you include entirety at hundred quid no um with just a bit of sort of lateral thinking of what you want to do for me any car you build if it sits right you will get away with a lot more um and I don't mean even like stance or erred out or bide or whatever. Like even if it's like a track style car, if it's sitting correctly, you will get away with so many sins on the rest of it because it has that visual impact. We walk up and go, "Fuck that thing's cool." You know, look at the amount of cars we like shows we go to, and you see a car and you go, "That won't win a prize, but it's won my heart." Yeah. You, know, you come away and you go, "That's just really like so that. cool," and there's just something about it, and it just takes those little details to make it right. Um. Sticking with Volkswagen stuff, and I know we have a lot of non Volkswagen listeners, but like a Mark III and especially a Mark IV, well, it's a three and a half convertible Golf, no one really wants them. Those yeah, things are a lot I'll, cheaper I'll for to. a semi modern classic, you know. I, I always think that a
2: Mark III convertible with a VR6 is
1: just ideal. I know I have that 20-volt turbo to go into mine, and I'm like, I should stick the VR6 in it because it's yeah. got the warble.
0: Yeah, especially with the roof down. That's what you want to hear. Great but it's so, success.
1: It's so difficult now. I was talking there as well about the price of cars rising and stuff. To do any kind of budget build, you know, budget builds what we were doing ten years ago, or like would hardly cover the cost of a base car. Now it's just fucking mental.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But you no, know, there's a lot out there, and the other way to look at it too is pick something that nobody wants. You know, you PT Cruiser oh done. No, 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 not even you want that, never mind nobody
2: else. (laughs) Just imagine 10 or 20 years walking down Cilberoni, there's a PT Cruiser. Oh, look at that, that's rare. Yes, it'll be mine. (laughs) Um,
1: But if you pick something like some of those like uh, Kia Picantos and stuff like that, slap a set of RSs onto it. Obviously, RSs aren't budget wheels, but like, if you pick something like that, as long as you... The, the problem you run into then is you're kind of fabricating parts because there's nothing really bolt-on for them. And again, that comes into how hands-on you are. But there's a lot of ways to do something a bit different. Again, yeah. you look at cars and you go, I wouldn't have thought to do anything with that, but it works. True. But no, that's a cool topic, that. You could probably talk for a long, long time on that. But unfortunately... Deep, deep rabbit hole. It's time for us to go, folks. Yes, just before we go, actually... Um...
2: The last episode, somebody talked about Nigel's conspiracy theories. And oh, that was
1: Simon S. Fourteen
2: OCP Yeah, and he said he said about conspiracies as well. So, uh, welcome to Nigel's Conspiracy Corner.
1: Here we go. <laughs> you asked Nigel delivers. i want to get some music on.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the X
2: farts. <laughs> Here's my conspiracy theory. The guy that used to run Formula One, Bernie Ecclestone was involved in the Great Train Robbery. This is the theory. I think I've seen something of this before. Bernie Eccleston was a small-time race car driver and manager in the 1950s before dropping out of motorsports entirely for years. In 1963, one of the most daring train robberies of modern times took place, utilising a former racer as the getaway driver, a known associate of Eccleston's. Flash forward to the late 60s, and Eccleston is suddenly wealthy via property in exclamation marks. Most of the robbers are behind bars but the most influential man in F1 has made his way to the top. I was going to say insert spooky music, but you have it going and all. <laughs> so let us know if you want that a regular regular
1: area on the top. I think you podcast. should bring one of these every episode. It'd be quite cool. Till the next time, folks. We need a name for that segment.
2: Nigel's Conspiracy Corner. Well,
1: there you go. <laughs>
2: Straight to the point. Or Weird Nigel's Corner.
1: <laughs> weird <laughs> Nigel's Corner. <laughs> sounds like somewhere you do want to go. <laughs> Oh dear. Okay, let's
2: uh, bring it home.
0: <laughs> Cheers everybody for listening as always. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so at Reload Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Individually, we can be found at Maxwell House 46.
1: At Dubboy And at Connor McCann.
0: And if you feel you'd like to help us out financially, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash ReloadPod. Uh, no obligation to do so. But if you also want to chuck us a couple of quid, that's there to allow you to do that cheers once again for questions feedback, everything um, we love it, please if you don't already, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review um, we enjoy reading those and uh, we'll speak to you again soon Yeah, yeah. See I you think, your trapping. Trapping.
1: think we might be recording at your air traffic yeah. yeah, I think that's the yeah, plan so if some volunteers give us a shout, <laughs> we'll keep talking to a few people
0: um, cheers folks, bye, bye. see you,
1: bye Bye. <laughs>